This is the Loud Pedal Podcast, talking all things supercars, with your host, Chris Stubbs. Ah, yes, hello, welcome to the Loud Pedal Podcast, brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. We are back, we've had a little bit of parody testing of our own to perform, but we are underway once again, and joining us for the first time this year is a regular, Mr. Dave Reynolds from Penrite Racing. He returns the podcast whore or superstar. Dave, how are you, mate? Very well, thanks very well. And also, very special guest, R. Kelly, not the one in trouble with the law, but the Bathurst <laughs> and Championship winner, Rick Kelly. How are you, Rico? I'm good, how are you? Very, very well. Guys, what have you been up to since Albert Park, Dave? Uh, mate, I've just been wheeling, dealing and living the dream. Fantastic. Rico, <laughs> driving bobcats? Uh, yeah, driving bobcats, doing plumbing. Putting stone in, driving trucks, driving backpacks, and a little bit of stuff at the team, obviously, trying to get the most out of what we've got happening there. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, mate, uh, Centre of Gravity, last night it, it was announced by Supercars that uh, they're going to make some changes effective for Tasmania. Um, Rick, yeah. how did it come to Brayside? They, they did this Centre of Gravity testing since Albert Park. They had 10 cars there at your yeah. facility. How did you guys come to being involved and what did you see happen? What was what was your part of it? Uh, well, we didn't see anything happen. I was there those two days at, at work. Um, I think we just had a, a facility that, that could house that amount of cars while they're all in one area. So we offered that, obviously, to supercars and we put all of our pit walling up and took our coach there so they had a, a boardroom and stuff and um, no one was allowed in their, in their area. We had a, a truck bay emptied out. Um, and they had a nice big area where they could control the the measuring. So um, okay. yeah, no one uh, no one saw anything, which was um, which is good. You don't want people sleeping around there. And like I said, it's just a chance for for them to do it in the in the area that was um, closest to the Grand Prix. So uh, happy. Did you end up like? Did you end up getting under the cars and taking photos and stuff of all of them? <laughs> no. Well, what's to learn? There's nothing to learn. Wasted opportunity. But wasted that wasn't a, that, uh, that wasn't a no. I, no, absolutely we didn't. But, but, but there were people from each team there the whole time, plus security that the category got as well. So it was di- yeah. very different to walk out the back of work though and see your car, Dave, and um, Penske cars and Triple Eight cars parked all in the parking area. Very, very strange. But no, it was it was good. I mean, it's good for us to have some visitors from different teams as well. Um, Todd took all the guys that were there, I think, or most of the guys on a bit of a tour around our facility as well. And it's all people that we get along with and that have you know been in the category for a long time as well. So people think it's a big. Um, a big thing where you have all, every, every team's an enemy and every team personnel's an enemy, but it's really not like that. You try and, you know, manage a fair category and leave the racing and the battles to, on the circuit. Mate, the most important question, what did you provide for catering? Uh, we put a table out with a couple of drinks on it, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good tuck shop 100 metres up the road. Yeah. Well played. It had to happen, didn't it, guys? Dave? Uh, well, yeah, I think it was, it's paramount that they get it equal among all the cars. So, you know, at the end of the day, we can go we can go racing and, and have a chance to win. Because obviously, I've, I've been a little bit outspoken lately what I've been saying, but um, I think I've had, yeah, well, no, <laughs> I've had good points. I think you know, every time you every every time you turn up to the track, you want to have a chance of being on pole and having a chance to win. And 
yeah. in the current state, it was just impo- not not impossible. It was just making it very, very difficult. I think in all of this, a lot of people forget about why why they've done it and how this whole thing's come about. I mean, there's there's one thing that's important as well in all of this to mention is you don't want to take the racing out of the racing where teams have to have the same centre of gravity after they've done a lot of good engineering work. You don't, want, you don't want that to be equalised, and that's not what this is about. This is about um, the same opportunity between the different manufacturers and different makes. And a two-door car is going to have a lower centre of gravity than a four-door. That's only natural. So we either all shift the two-door cars or we make it fair. And so the only thing I would say is this probably should have been looked at and done before the Commodore come on on the of the program with all carbon panels at the start of last year and certainly should have been done before the Mustang hit the track, just like the Aero was done. And so what? to wind the clock back even further, when we turned up on the scene with a aluminium block Nissan engine, the other teams in the category said that's an advantage because we've got a big heavy block, the Ford and the, yep. and the Commodore. We've got two massive chunks of um, – ballast really high right underneath the bonnet in the engine bay so that, that we're not advantaged by having an aluminium blocked engine so an aluminium block is an advantage of or, or a consequence i should say of running a nissan engine yep. um and so we've been made to way back way back when it was equalized so that that wasn't an advantage and so yep. that should have been the same thing with the whole car from the word go not not delayed to, to this point but good on the category for getting onto it and, and um and eventually doing something about it. Well, just to expand on that, so for the listeners that, that might not understand, the Mustang, as you said, it's much lighter. The ballast, then to get to your minimum weight, you put it in lower in the car to get your centre of gravity down, uh, yeah. which performance is improved, especially in, in cornering. That's that's the idea. The statement last night from Supercars, no rules have been broken, so we, we really want to point that out, and you just did that, Rick, in many ways, saying they've just done the best with the engineering and advancements of, of cars uh, according to the rules. So they've done nothing wrong. Um, but as far as supercars are concerned, the new models must meet the incumbents as, as a parity category, and that's what we're all about. So yeah. that, that's where it's at. Signed off yesterday, comes in for Tassie. But, Rick, you must have been doing cartwheels then to know that, that your car, the Ultimate, doesn't have to have anything added, yet the Holdens and Fords do. And you're wondering why not earlier, given the Commodore last year came in, and clearly they're admitting there was uh, an advantage compared to your car, right? In that area, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we knew that once we got the clips, although the Commodores had a lot of ballast in and all the panel work and, and underneath the panel work where the, the panels fall to the chassis is all carbon. And our car has a whole heap of steel up um, underneath. And that's how we were instructed to build our car by supercars in the car of the future implementation. So it's not like we had the option of building carbon and that's, mm. that's what we had to use. And so, you know, things change and... Roland and the, and the Holden guys say that they weren't able to build it out of the, out of the, from what I understand, <laughs> out of the Holden components, and they had to build carbon, which is fine. But at that point, every, you know, this probably should have been equalised then and yeah. there. And it's not really a yeah. matter of dragging everyone back to us. It's more dragging the Ford and Mustang back in line with how we we're instructed to build our car, um, yeah. which was of all the all the steel panels. So it's good. It's good. It's sorted now. And I don't expect it from our point of view. Um, us to rocket to the front of the field by doing this, and it would be wrong of us to think that this will have that bigger influence on our results from Kelly Racing. I think our biggest issue still remains in the shift in aero balance that we've had from last year to this year, and that's been probably the bigger hindrance in us getting decent results. So 
the center of gravity change for us is a, an important piece to the puzzle, but not the one that's going to influence um, our results. We've still got to focus on what we've um, what we've got to understand there. Yeah, Dave, what do you have to change? Do you know exactly where you're putting the ballast, how much, etc.? What What do you understand about what this ruling means? Um, well, it's still pretty new uh, to yeah. us at the minute, but. Uh, we've been. I think you have to put it in the roof somewhere. I don't know exactly how much. Yep. Um, but it's not. Do you know ballpark how much? Uh, no, no idea. <laughs> no one's told me anything. They know I've got a really big mouth, so they don't. Know <laughs> but I'll find out today. I'm going to the workshop. Oh, well, let us know. Just send us a tweet or something, mate. Um, yeah. what, what difference will it actually make to the car? Like seriously, both of you guys, as as drivers, how much difference? Do you expect to feel Dave hopping in the car in Tassie? Well, fuel-wise, probably not much. You'll probably see it yeah. in lap time a little bit. Yeah. But they say, um, you know, if you move your centre of gravity by, I think it's like 0.1% or something, 10 mil lower in the car, it's almost worth a tenth of a second a lap. At okay. where, though, Tassie? Well, I don't It's just... At the ground. On, on average, circuit. yeah. At the ground, no, nah, because every track's different with different corners. Yeah, definitely. The, the biggest advantage you get is a change of change of direction, from what I've seen with the Mustang. But on our calculations, every ten mil, the lower the, the center gravity is lower at the Grand Prix circuit in our cars is four tenths of a second of pace advantage. Wow. But this obviously really? the same. Yeah, so because it's a long, it's a two minute lap, and there's fifteen or sixteen corners, a lot of which are change of direction. So when you come to Tassie, it will mean not much, but. At yep. a place like Grand Prix, it has a, a big advantage for sure. And Phillip Phil, Island? Phillip Island, yeah, it's going to yeah. show up. Yeah, yeah. okay. Hey, Rico I wish we did general... this at the start of the year, hey. <laughs> start last year. <laughs> then we'll have something else to whinge about, though. Which is always <laughs> it's always something. Always something. Uh, Rico, Albert Park, it was not yeah. a great weekend, was it? 22nd, 16, 16 and 19. Uh, for you as an individual there. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, how do you sum it up? But that word probably does. Absolutely Uh, horrible. It was was a tough round for us last year. But again, um, every truck that we've been to this year, we've we've struggled to get on top of the balance shift that we've had with the with the aero changes, and that was a uh, Grand Prix was a big one. The Phillip Island test it was a big one. It upset the car a fair bit. And we weren't able to get on top of it. So every place that we go to now, we're we're fighting that battle at the moment. Not not the CG battle or the any other any other battle that's going on in the background. So it was pretty horrible. We had a um, unsafe release drive through and a lot of little dramas along the way. But that's all a result of us again not not getting on top of the. You know the balance of the car, so we're we're quite focused on that at the moment. Tassie last year was a tough one, so we're not expecting that to be unbelievably different. But from then on, is where we had a good run last year. Phillip Island, Winton, and all that. So we we yep. just want to get through these tough rounds, try and understand as quick as we can, and get some good tracks coming up. Rick, what are you learning from all this about trying to bring in a, a new manufacturer, or what what you're doing for next year in terms of car developments? Gravity, et cetera, et cetera. Bigger picture. What are you learning for, for your team moving forward? Hi, oh, I guess you learn. You learn a lot on along the way, and it's not. A, I don't believe it's been a very consistent um, implementation of, of the last few changes in models. I mean, from when we had it, we had people crawling all over the car when we we're implementing the missing. Our concern about a new manufacturer coming in and, and dominating and they couldn't have that but when the 
from what I've seen, when the Commodore, the new Commodore got built, it, you know, it wasn't until it turned up to the track that everyone really understood how it had been built and how different that right. was to, you know, the cars that existed. So it depends on the timing as, as to when you bring in a new manufacturer as to how, how it's controlled and what the rules look like. I think personally that the um, technical department of supercars right now is very, very strong and that's why we're starting to see some change, which I think is a fantastic thing. You want mm-hmm. the category to be very strong in that department and stronger than the teams are so that it can be controlled in a fair way and we can, you know, the results of the races are decided on the track between the drivers and teams doing a great job, not, um, you know, who's who's built a car. The, well, the no political rollout. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I couldn't agree with you more. Exactly what you said then is spot on. Well done. So, Rick, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rick, are you still hoping to bring a new manufacturer to the grid next year? Is that your ultimate desire still? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's nearly April, so if we're going to do that, we'd, we'd need to be designing the car and, the, and working out what engine we're going to use and everything else. So it's pretty Are late you? in the piece. To, well, we're, we're certainly not doing that at the moment. No. <laughs> we, we don't have a deal with a new manufacturer. So it's um, it's uh, it's one of those things. You've got to, I think, you know, from the team point of view, we've got to take on board what's just happened and see how everything shakes out in the next couple of months, if that means um, for us shifting to an existing platform or us – um, looking at a new manufacturer or looking at if there is going to be a Camaro coming in the future, all those things are stuff that we need to consider. But, you know, ultimately we've um, obviously had Nissan step away from us um, in the last 12 months. And so in the short term, it's it's us being able to um, stay in the category and, and, and be, you know, stable enough financially to, 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 to stay here. And that's not an easy thing. There's only probably two teams in the category that are um, – you know that are funded well enough to uh, to not have a big concern in that area, and everyone else is trying to fight for results, spend money on R and D, but it ultimately keep their doors open and, and yep. you know not not, um, not go under from doing that. So it's a, it's challenging in sport right now. Sponsorships very very tough. So in the short term, like I say, we just need to make sure that we we take stock of where we are and work within our capability. So is downsizing inevitable? I don't know about that. We, you know, we certainly looked at downsizing this year, and um, as soon as you start handing licenses in or selling licenses and, and shifting from three car, uh, four cars to three or two or whatever, you start having to shut down departments. So we've got it because we're a we're the DIY model, an all-in-house model. It's very difficult to do that. The best, yeah. um, uh, you know, the best setup is the is the four car model. It actually costs more money to have three and and two because you start having to, like I say, shut down departments or yeah, you have yeah. three cars. You still need the same amount of people. You still need two B doubles and and everything else. So you're not really yeah. saving a lot. So yeah, we we're constantly looking at that stuff. And you know there may be changes there in the future, but it, it's it's just one of those things that we have to see what opportunities are out there with drivers and sponsors as the year goes on and work out what's going to be the best option. Yeah, Dave, it, we will get drivers you. with sponsors. <laughs> oh, some drivers have relationships with their sponsors, but it's the same with Michael. We would have loved to have Michael in, in our team now. He's very capable and, and helped a lot on the development side. But you know, commercially, we worked try, tried to work with different brands to wrap around that program, and we weren't able to come up with anything. Yet. So it, it, it's very dependent on the time and what marketing managers in what company and all that sort of stuff. So. It's stuff that we always we're working on twelve months of the year, not just in December for mm. you know for a January start. What about you, Rick? If if 
if you do move to a different car, which it seems inevitable in some way, shape or form, are you keen to go on and, and continue, given it might take a bit of time to get used to that car? You're loving what you're doing? What about you? Uh, I, I definitely am not loving what I'm doing when I'm finishing 16th and 20 seconds. <laughs> you're putting in really the low. same effort that you put in when you win and sometimes more effort when you're when you're back in the pack and it's you know it's 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 not very rewarding at all so i just want to work hard to fix the problems that we've got and and get some good results again i'm very fortunate that um castro wanted me to drive the car and wanted to be a part of our program at kelly racing as did bp and steadfast and it's put together some great brands on our car um on my car to to go and do that and you know maybe i'm pretty sure we've announced a multi-year deal with castro but beyond that one Maybe there's not a brand that wants to partner with me. Maybe there's a, a new guy that wants to come in that's capable that we can put in the team and then would, you know, I'd look at doing that. I definitely don't want to drive the car forever. And on the same night, I'd like to be able to finish my racing career on a bit more of a higher than results mm. like the Grand Prix. Probably should have mm. finished after Winton last year. What, what about when you what about yeah, you're fine. just chucked it in on top? What about when um, Ricardo drove your car? Was that a cool experience? Yeah, that was really good. So um, come together with a lot of toing and froing and pretty late notice with the um, the colder park thing. Originally, we were trying to do a car swap, which I was obviously pushing for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> and uh, I, he jumped in. We sent him out by himself. He did, um, I don't know, six or eight laps. We had to actually jump the fence and tell him to stop because he, <laughs> he normally go out for three laps and come in, but... Dan, Dan didn't want to stop, which is cool. And then I jumped next to him, and it, it, I tell you, it was a really great experience to watch him progress every single lap. So well and truly out of his comfort zone in that, yeah. um, in the supercar, very different to stuff he's driven in the past. And to sit next to him and watch him progress every single lap, and you know, step up his braking markers and step up his mid corner speed and everything else was um, yeah. really impressive. So after I sat next to him for probably six or eight laps, I think he was definitely at the at the grip limit of the car and all sectors of the corner, which is um, oh, yeah. a real pleasure to pleasure to watch. Did you did you take him for a ride then? No, he uh, we had pretty strict instructions um, no from rides. yeah from the, from the uh, what Renault didn't trust or, you. Uh, we had strict instructions that Daniel was not to be a passenger in the car at any point, or even, <laughs> even in, in photography or anything else. So he didn't even know that. He's like, I'll jump in, you drive. I'm like, uh, I don't think that we're allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good pussies, aren't we? No, it was, uh, it was good. Hey, His reflexes are Be careful with that word. Be very careful with that word. We have a history there. Um, cats, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cats, Mate, cats, I want to know about cats. you, Albert Park. You're in the top ten all weekend. You didn't back up a win like uh, last year, but how do you wrap up? Uh, Was I in the top Park? ten all year? I did finish, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You scraped um, in there. Well, yeah, like like what Rick said, it's not the best weekend. Um, the only the only like I went, we went forward in every race and qualifying. We went we went forward a lot when two of the cars crashed out. In um, in the warm up lap, that was good. That was that was fantastic to see. Um, but otherwise, mate, it wasn't wasn't the wasn't horrible weekend. It wasn't the mm. best weekend for us. You know, last year we won a race there, and we're always up the front. This year we were sort of uh, fighting between sort of six and twelve, that sort of area. But in that sort of six to twelve, it's very very competitive. You know, if you go a tenth faster in qualifying, you jump. You know, five or six spots. If you go ten slower, you go five or six spots back. So, 
you know, the mid-pack after sort of the first five or six cars is really competitive. Um, what did you make of Waters McLaughlin, that incident, boys? Is that um, – who yeah, was at fault? And- I'm surprised that no one got done for it. And generally it's the car passing, the car ahead is at fault. That's how I would have read it. But I mm. spoke to Berto afterwards and he, he pulled them both aside and said, would you give the other person a penalty? And they both said no, so then he decided not to give them a penalty. So You like that? It's, fair way of, of calling Oh, it's it's like it's like the old policeman. That's what the old cop used to do back in the seventies and eighties. But you know, I think um, there's probably a bit more at stake than you know it's yeah. some old pub fight or something. But well, and they it, took themselves out of the race at the end of the day too, didn't they? So well, they penalty. Yeah, I know. Like, it was yeah. it was good for us. It was good for me and Rich because we <laughs> automatically started two places higher. Do they need oh, to do I, that? Tickford in particular, they they tend to do that, don't they? That seems to be a common comment from drivers up and down the lane. Is that that's something Tickford like to do? Get the cars to the grid, give the guys and girls more time to work on them. Is it necessary? Do we need to go in order? How do we? Uh, that? I don't think that. Yeah, that was an interesting comment. There's not many two, not many drivers that think ahead enough to worry about if their team going to be rushed on the grid to do time breakers. <laughs> but yeah. there's definitely back where we are towards the end of pit lane. There's a lot of drivers that rush past the cars in front to start their lap further up the up the chain, which is important from a track position uh, important. position and, and also from a from the time in session remaining and stuff like that. So the standaways of the world are bolting past us every every outlap. And so you gotta be real careful looking in your mirrors to see who's who's you know, who's coming past while you're swerving from side to side, warming up your yeah. um, warming up your tyres. But it, it is something that, that we've had dramas with this in the past where cars have come together because there's cars doing an 80 to 110k an hour weaving and accelerating and braking and cars coming through at 220 trying to jump the cars in front and start a bit further up the queue. So it won't be the last time we see an incident like that. And I thought actually what happens is um, it's the car weaving that has um, – the responsibility to not impede a car coming through, but um, it's obviously the you know the owners and really? the drivers. To yeah, what? Well, but this is this is this is different. This is on the outlap, which is yeah, I know that. It's, it's not, not even no, it's, yeah, that. in yeah. qualifying. I can kind of understand, yeah. but in to the outlap to the grid, it's just bizarre circumstance. Like so bizarre. Might yeah. be worth uh, raising the question at the driver's briefing as soon as planes get some clarification. Sounds well, like well, that's yeah. probably. Mm. Generally, they make up a rule and then, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, the, they, love, they love making rules. They, like, <laughs> as Australians, we love making rules. It's just fact. Hey, Rico, the likes of Stanaway, is he a danger? Yeah. Uh, he's... He's aggressive. He's an aggressive driver. I don't. I don't necessarily think he's a danger. And I didn't see the drama at the Grand Prix either, so I can't really comment on what he did there, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, I've got guys in our team who have worked with Stanaway in the past and said he's a very talented driver. And you just don't know what someone's like based off the circumstances that they're in. Like he's not in McLaughlin's car. He's in a GRM car now, and the. Uh, you know, and there's also been a lot of commentary about the fourth pro drive car in the past. It's never ran with the other three, and so is that a is that a um, equipment issue or is it a driver issue? I don't know. So unless he's in our team competing against us, I can't. You know, I can't say whether he's he's. Um, I don't think he's dangerous, but whether he's he's an unbelievable talent coming through or whether he's solid or okay or not okay. So 
Dave, what about his, 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 the way he approaches things? Have you got any issue there? The team seemed more than happy, at least Peter Adderton, Boost Mobile, seems more than happy for him to be outspoken, say what he wants, I'll pay your fines. Just yeah. Even Gary Rogers said he had no problems with uh, what happened with Holdsworth. So where, where do you sit on that? I, I love a bit of colour. I'm a journo. I clearly, I love controversy and, and stuff like that. It gives us something to talk about. But as a driver, what do you make of it? Oh, uh, like in the moment, it's you know if you come up against a person like that, it's rather annoying. But <laughs> when you when you look at it retrospectively from like an entertainment point of view, it's probably some of the best stuff you could ever hope for. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, I sit down, Reynolds I laugh, needs, and I love it. Reynolds needs boost sponsorship. Pay all his fines. <laughs> <when he's doing laughs> <that. laughs> oh, trust me. I'd be a much richer man if that was possible. <laughs> um, Rico, I know you've got stuff to do, so we won't hold you up too much longer. Um, mm-hmm. Scotty McLaughlin, he's won five out of six. He's, he's dominating. How much is the Mustang? How much is him? And, and what is your advice to him as someone who's been there and done it before career-wise with looking to overseas? It seems to be a groundswell that he's going to America sooner rather than later. Well, I think that given his... Um his results that he should be giving me advice and not me giving him advice. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I think he's, there's no question he's in a very good car and he's in a very good team, but he's an outstanding talent in, in racing. It's not by chance that he's in that team and in that car. Um, and so, yeah, I think he deserves the, the, the results that um, that he's getting. He performed extremely well in the Volvo One races, in the Commodore at GRM as well. Um, you know, he, he won the championship in the Falcon, which had a higher centre of gravity than, than the other car, you know, than the Commodore. And he's doing well in that car. He, maybe, you know, if he wasn't in a, a new super fast Mustang, he'd be just winning by a little bit less, but he'd still be up yeah. front. So he, there's no questioning that guy's talent and ability. And also um, his value to the sport as a, is one of the drivers and athletes and ambassadors as well. He's... Um, He's a breath of fresh air to the, to the place, and and so is um, obviously Reynolds is, even though he's on the line as well. He's a very important part of the sport, and, and um, <laughs> yeah, guys like Chaz as well, with young, young personality, and also um, Dave's teammate. I, I rate highly as well. Is uh, is Anton? He's, Anton, uh, yeah, he's a very good driver. Yeah, very fast, pretty quiet guy. So he's you know still got some learning to do outside the car and the personality side of things. And, Definitely. And showing his true colour there, but again, mm. a, a very, very strong driver. So it's exciting times in the sport as the as the younger drivers that are, that are coming through. It's um, I think it's it's damn good. All right, Shane Van Gisbergen sits eleventh in the championship, one hundred and seventy five points down. Dave, is he dead to you, bro? In terms of the championship, no, that probably, far back? Probably not. <laughs> Triple Eight are one of the best teams in pit lane, and they always have a deficit. At some point, and they turn it around and, and end up winning the championship in the year. So, I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying, don't write him off yet. Yeah, you can't write it. You can't write anyone off yet. Even McLaughlin, he probably he might win the championship, but he might not because there's still oh, how many rounds of racing left? There's heaps. 15, yeah, 14 <laughs> rounds left or something. There's still yeah. there's a whole year in front of us, and if you're talking but about right. championship. It's, I reckon the guy that's doing a great job in the points is um, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's only exactly a few points off. He's just while all this shitstorm's going down with CFG and all the other stuff, yep. he's just raking up the points, getting what he can get, and, and exactly uh, he'll right. be there. Exactly right. He hasn't got the fastest car out there at the minute, but he's second in the championship, and he's still, he's only 
or 31 points off the championship lead. Yep. Dave. That's why he's won seven, seven times. It's not by accident. Dave, <laughs> what? front uprights. Front uprights. What's going on for you guys at Simmons Plains? You got some new tricks, new toys to play with? Uh, yeah, we've, we've got a new upright to play with. Um, yep. It's not... It's not going to be the be-all and end-all for speed-wise. It's basically it's it's a copy of what we had. It's just packaged a bit nicer. That's about okay. it, really. It's nothing right. nothing reinventing. It's yeah, nothing nothing too serious. Not according to the headlines today. Are you pouring cold water on it, or no, what? What's the headlines say? Tell me. The headline says. Let me go back to the story. New upgrade to boost Erebus at Simmons Plains. Okay. No. No. I'm gonna. Can I? Um. Can we? Can you cut that last bit out? And I'll yeah, we'll edit that out. Yeah, go again. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got a new upright and it's going to be in that car. And um, yeah, it's going to be – we're going to be at the front of the grid and we're going to win every race. Fantastic. You didn't have enough steering lock at the hairpin, I believe. That's what Barry Ryan is saying. So, well, yeah, last year we didn't know. But this year we're going to hopefully get a bit more. Fantastic. parts to make it, so. Yep. Hey, co-drivers. Rico, where are you at? Have you guys announced your co-driver yet? I don't remember. Why haven't announced him? Because we haven't found him. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're just so, we're we're very uh, we're very patient and uh, very selfless people. We wait till everyone else has picked their co-drivers and make sure everyone's got a good one and everyone's happy, and then we'll see what's around and go from there. Okay, <laughs> Russell Ingle. Oh, the love muscle. Yeah. No, I obviously got some plans in the in the background, and we we've had. Um, uh, good discussions with a, a few people, some some expected and some left field as well. And um, I think we've actually, I don't think we've announced any of them, but we've certainly got some locked away and still a couple to go. So, so who's um, taking part in the sessions in Tassie for you? Have you determined that? Uh, we we're either going to have not run the sessions or have maybe one guy do multiple cars or something like that. Because right. okay. at, at the moment with where we're at with a car, the guys that we've we're speaking to or have locked in for the enduros are capable that you know then two three that runs at Tassie's not gonna uh, make or break our endurance okay. season and you know and then you look at the expense and <laughs> mess around of getting them down there so um we just need to focus on the balance of the car and yeah. uh get into you know into practice one and not so much worry about practice zero at the moment every every team's in a different spot and for us at the moment it's not it's not something we uh we need to be too too focused on so yep. you think it's really worth it Doing this sort of stuff, or actually sp- depends if they're there. I mean, spending thousands on flying them down and accommodating them to do a session like that for us at the moment is not worth it because we know what the car balance is going to be, and we need to get out there with the main guys and go, go through our plan changes. But for yeah. other teams that are pretty steady and just and going out to confirm what they've got, then yeah, you know. A, a, a half an hour session like that's probably worthwhile. So it just depends what position the, the team's in. But we know it's hard to give enduro drivers laps, so it's certainly an initiative that helps overcome that and helps when you've got drivers in there that haven't done um, much driving in a supercar. I think ours have, so it's not as big a benefit as someone that might be young or might be from another category. Question, park for May rules, guys. Thoughts on, on that down in Tassie? Dave, do you even know what's Mate, changing? Looking forward to it. Very yeah. much looking forward to Why? it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's something different. And normally, you know, you're in qualifying, you present the fastest possible car you can. Cambers, uh, fuel load, everything. Um, roll centres, springs, da-da-da-da. 
and for the first time ever, you have to run what you qualify with. So, you know, you can't you can't change your camera, you can't change this, you can't change that. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to find out who takes the risk in qualifying to get track position and who tries to detune their car and qualifying to make their car last better in the race. It's going to be awesome. I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to this one. Or who does a lap early and then comes in and changes their car. We also thought ah, about that too. Yes. We yes. also thought about yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh. And or, or um, what happens when – because so what happens is if you do a lap nice and early, um, you can come in and make a couple of changes before the checkered flag comes out. But <laughs> what happens if you're halfway through a change and you've got your car spread across pit lane and the flag's out? <laughs> Does that <laughs> mean you can't start the race? Or <laughs> and weather? Well, would weather play a big role in that as well? If the sure forecast is due to change or you're expecting rain later, do you know what I mean? You're not going to qualify. How, how I thought you said it? Weber. I'm like, I don't oh, know. Oh, Weber. He's from Queensland. He's from Queensland, but he loves Tassie. He used to have his little challenge. Remember that event down there? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, do, yeah. I was going to say, I thought you did that, Rick. Um, well, weather might be a factor, might it not? Oh, always. But um, always. does the rule still stand if it's raining? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Good question. Are you allowed oh, to send so fuel? So much to learn. Yeah, you allowed to put you allowed to put yeah. fuel in it. Yeah, because otherwise you won't, I'm pretty sure there's a list of things you can do. It'd be dry ice, fuel. Yeah, cool that'd be suits, cool if tire you had to, You can do all that'd that. Be cool if you, it'd be cool if you had to qualify with the same amount of fuel and sorry, race right. with the same yeah. amount of fuel and as qualify. Exactly. Mm. Oh, very cool. Oh, we're just a brains trust here of ideas for supercars. We'll I hope they're listening. Making the um, sport better, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> Thanks heaps for your time, mate. No we drama. appreciate it. We know you, you're busy there, as I said, uh, working away. So it's awesome to have your input. And we He's not working. We will. I send you a picture. It's it's different sort of work. At the moment, I'm taking loads in the truck with the bobcat, and then I'm with the excavator for the Arvo. But it's more. I'm, it's like some class of his work. I think it's. Well, what are you doing, Dave? Is this personal? <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm about to go to the workshop. I trained this morning and now I'm doing this and I'm going to go to the workshop all day. Okay. Come, come down here and get on the shovel. That's good training. Um, no way. I'm hopeless. <laughs> I'm not you a might break an aisle, Dave. You might break I'm not a manual laborer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Yeah, Do appreciate it, mate. We'll let no you problem. go. We'll catch up with you again soon. Likewise, Mr. Dave no Reynolds. No, Thank thanks, boys. We do appreciate We'll catch up with you both soon. All right, this has been the Loud Pedal brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. Don't forget, check it days, Saturday, 30th of March. Head into your local Super Cheap Auto store and get your car checked. Make sure it's up and running. Learn how to do everything you need to do. It's a great way to make sure you keep your car in A1 position. This has been the Loud Pedal podcast. We'll catch you again next time.